This is Express FM. Supported by the University of Portsmouth. Wait for the whistle to blow. And we are underway on Express FM. For the fans, by the fans. The atmosphere around Fratton at the moment is great and that's spilled over into the training ground and the boys are very, very positive. Giving you... A voice. Everyone has a smile on their face. It's going really well and it's up to us to keep that, even in the tough moments. This is the Football Hour. And it's a good one. With Jake Smith. There were plenty of fireworks at Fratton Park on New Year's Day. Referee has got the straight red card for Nathan Thompson and Stevenage are down to ten men. But the all-important highlight from Monday, Colby Bishop back on the score sheet with the winner. Lane in the box again for Pompey Lane, looking across into the area, into the net! And Colby Bishop has backhilled the ball in! We'll get full reaction to the Blues' win over Stevenage, as well as catch up with Abu Kamara, who talks about his season so far. I always knew that this league was going to be very competitive and I knew it was going to be challenging, that. but that's why I came here, to challenge myself and see if I could do it against the men. And we've got two big games to look ahead to this weekend. The Pompey women are back in action and Jay Sadler highlights the momentum within his team heading into Sunday's meeting with Bill Ricky. You can feel a sense of confidence because we're playing some real good football and we're finding different ways to win games of football in the league. We're um, not conceding many chances and giving up goals. And back to Portsmouth's men will preview tomorrow's trip to Cheltenham and hear what head coach John Massinho has had to say about the current situation with regards to signings amid the opening of the January transfer window earlier this week. We're making sure that we're on top of everything and, and making sure that we don't miss out on anything. Um, but yeah, nothing is, is really happening at the moment and we are making sure that we are on top of it and you know, if, we, if and when we need to, we're going to be ready to go. And as ever, Blues fans, we want to hear from you. Get in touch via the text 81400 is the number you need to text. Start your messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com. Tweet us over on X using at expressfm or go over to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Life. Well, for the first time in 2024, let's get into it. A very good evening and welcome to the Football Hour. The Football Hour. Driven by Stagecoach across the South. Download the app now from the App Store or Google Play to view up-to-date timetable information and to prepay for your journey. Express FM. Good evening. Thank you for joining us here on what is the first episode of the Football Hour for 2024. I hope you're all well. Had a happy new year as well. Pompey certainly did, didn't they? Back to winning ways after four games in all competitions without victory. On the way tonight, we'll be reviewing all of the key moments from Monday's win at Fratton Park, as well as hearing from two more Blues fans, Jay Sadler, John Massinho and Abu Kamara too. We'll also begin to kickstart a new match weekend for Pompey, looking ahead to tomorrow's trip to Cheltenham Town and Sunday's return to action for the Portsmouth women away at Billericay. That's all to come before 7 o'clock, but we begin with a reminder of exactly how the events unfolded at PO4 on New Year's Day. John Massinho made two changes to the starting 11 from the goalless draw at Exeter three days prior, with Terry Devlin and Gavin White making way for Joe Morrell and Abu Kamara, allowing Alex Robertson to move back into that number 10 role in behind Colby Bishop. To welcome in the inaugural fixture of 2024, Andy Moon hosted the commentary alongside Guy Whittingham at Fratton Park. Every kick left a great delivery. Every goal curling it past the goalkeeper. Every game is right here. Oh, I don't believe it! Pompey Live. What a moment for Pompey! On X. 
Express FM. Rafferty looking in the box. Bishop back to goal, turns it round the corner for Robinson. Header is tipped over the bar. Good chance for Pompey, corner, nil-nil. And Lane's got the ball to Bishop outside the penalty area. Here's Robinson looking for Lane, chance for Pompey. Lane scores! Paddy Lane! It wasn't the cleanest strike. It bobbled towards the bottom corner. And there's nothing Ashby Hammond can do. And Pompey have found that all-important breakthrough. Pompey won, Stevenage nil. Bishop helps it on and Kamara's away for Pompey. He's one-on-one -on -one with the goalkeeper, Abu Kamara. And it's wide. Butler getting back to make it difficult. Goal kick still 1-0. Massive charge. Deep towards the far post. Nodded back. Danger here. Shot is brilliantly saved. Wonderful save by Norris from Jordan Roberts. Still 1-0 corner. Chance for a cross to come to Pompey's penalty. Header on goals into the net. And Louis Thompson scores his first goal for Stevenage against his former club. A cross on the right. A fierce header. Norris rooted to the spot. It's Porter's one, Stevenage one. Lane in the box again for Pompey. Lane looking across into the area and into the net. And Colby Bishop has backhilled the ball in. He's back on the score sheet. And Colby Bishop re-established Portsmouth's lead. He puts his hands to his ears. Rafferty has a word with him. And Pompey comes to celebrate. It's Portsmouth two, Stevenage one. And that brings the... First 45 minutes to an end at Fratton Park. Terrible kick from Ashby Hammond, and Kamara's got it, and Kamara's away, and Abu Kamara for Pompey, save! And Lane knocks it, it's still there for Pompey, Robertson, can he work it? Morell to drive one, well blocked by Nathan Thompson. Another chance has gone begging. That's a good flick on, and Reed could be away. It's a great chance for Reed for Stevenage. Great save, Norris. Still there, Reed. Morell trying to block. So many bodies forward. Shots blocked again. Stevenage say it was by a hand. Pompey disagree. Referee doesn't agree. Steve Evans is outraged. Corner, Stevenage, 2-1 Pompey. Referee has got the straight red card for Nathan Thompson and Stevenage are down to 10 men. And Nathan Thompson, having already been booked, has been sent off in injury time. Oh, Bishop, he can play Kamara in, and Kamara can get the ball, and Kamara can win the game for Portsmouth! It's a great save! Oh, Kamara could have had a hat-trick. The final whistle goes at Fratton Park, and Portsmouth have returned to winning ways. All the unmissable action. Pompey Live on Express FM. The highlights there of Pompey's 2-1 victory over Stevenage at Fratton Park on New Year's Day, where there were a full complement of fixtures in League One. Elsewhere, Barnsley and Wigan uh, being held to a one-all draw at Oakwell. Blackpool 2-0 winners over Lincoln City. Bolton recorded a 1-0 win over Burton Albion. Elsewhere, it was Cambridge 0, Leighton Orient 2, Carlisle United 2, Port Vale 1, Charlton 1, Oxford United 2, Derby County 2, Peterborough United 3, Northampton Town 1, Chelsea Cheltenham nil, Reading three, Exeter City two, Shrewsbury three, Fleetwood one, and Wickham Wanderers three, Bristol Rovers two. So with Pompey's uh, first win uh, after three league matches without a victory, they remain top of League One, still with that two-point cushion over Bolton in second, who do get who do have a game in hand. They are on 24 matches played with 51 points. The Blues are top of the table with 53 points on the board in the playoffs. Peterborough United, Derby County, Oxford and Barnsley. Stevenage drop out 
into seventh position following Monday's defeat at PO4. Down at the bottom, Fleetwood at rock bottom of the table after suffering defeat on New Year's Day. Their first game under new manager uh, Charlie Adam. Tomorrow's opponents, Cheltenham Town, 23rd, with Carlisle and Exeter in the drop zone alongside those two. Well, alongside me tonight to talk about all of Monday's action and to preview tomorrow's game at Wadden Road later on. First and foremost, our very own Mr Kev Stokes from Van 80 Show joins us on the Football Hour this evening. Kev, Kev, good evening. Good evening, Jake. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to yourself as well. Yeah, more well, good. Thank you very much. We started 2024 off with a bang. Uh, plenty of fireworks at Fratton Park, as we saw on Monday. Let's just get straight into it then, Kev. After three league matches without a victory, you kind of felt like that was a must-win game for, for John Massino's side. Yes, it was. Yeah, myself and Freddie walked around then thinking, got to start this new year off with a, with three points. And... and the, it was the performance that um, was critical, I think. And I think with, with a good performance comes chances and comes goals. Mm. So um, I think we were proved right. The first half was really good. Yeah. Best first half for a while. And it was a game of two halves uh, on Monday afternoon at Fratton Park. Uh, Andrew Barnard is also alongside us uh, for tonight's show from 4-0 written all over it. Barney, good evening. Welcome back. Thanks for having me, mate. And uh, yeah, as Kev sort of alluded to there, a um, bit of a game of two halves on Monday. The first half, Pompey, uh, very dominant. Yes, Stevenage got the equaliser at one stage and threatened for a good five, six minute period. But it was largely probably one way traffic from Pompey, sort of petered out into the second half. What was your overall assessment of the game? Of course, the result, the all important thing that you impressed with the performance too? I think uh, in the midfield, they, they seem to be back on it. Um, we felt very flat at Bristol and Exeter, so I can imagine that there was a lot of tactical analysis about we, what we weren't doing in those games, mm. and we seemed to be back to the better passing, moving, um, the, the sort of defending from the front, if you will, uh, like when, how we got the first goal was fantastic. Mm. Like We haven't done that for quite a while. We've been sort of suffering uh, having a press against us which caught us quite a few times and players hadn't seemed to react well to. Whereas this time round, um, I thought Morel and Pack were fantastic in the middle. Paddy exceptional again. Bishop's finish was just <laughs> genius. So, yeah, fantastic all round. Are you confident now, Barney, that with a win over Stevenage, that that little blip between the Fleetwood game, including the Bristol Rovers, of course, match and the trip to Exeter, was just that, just a little, little bit of a blip? And now that they've recovered back to winning ways over a, a decent Stevenage side, that they'll kick on and get more victories? Or are you not holding your breath until maybe two, three, four more wins down the line? Yeah, I think... No football team's perfect. We are a third division team. We can't expect to be winning every single week, no matter even if we are on paper the best team in the league by being top. Um, every team in this league is is perfectly capable of winning against every team in this league. Mm. Um, made my own note that you know even Cheltenham beat Oxford mm -hmm. just over a month ago. So if they can beat Oxford, they can beat us as well. Yeah. Um, a bit like Bristol Rovers, they beat Bolton and then exa beat us. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, we've got to be super careful, kind of respectful, but professional and make sure we go in there and play how we know we can. Mm. And we mentioned as well, Kev, uh, the two changes for Pompey against Stevenage on New Year's Day. Terry Devlin and Gavin White dropping out of the team. Joe Morrell and Abu Kamara coming in. Uh, Kev, what did you make of the return of that partnership between Joe Morrell and Marlon Pack, which, of course, in turn, allowed Alex Robertson back into that number 10 role? Yeah, I think it, it gives us much more balance in the uh, in the midfield area there. Morel's 
he plays well when he you know keeps his uh, discipline and he and he has done and um Marlon Pack spraying some nice balls about mm-hmm. Robertson came alive he, he didn't have a great Christmas well none of our players had a great Christmas let's be honest <laughs> um but yeah it gave us a lot more shape um and Kamara I mean crikey three one-on-ones yet mm-hmm. uh, I think I put a tweet out you don't see many one-on-ones these days and then three come along at once and didn't get one of them <laughs> but um no it was, it was good yeah, and um, speaking of Joe Morrell as well, Barney, his 100th Pompey appearance um, on New Year's Day um, in that game against Stevenage, uh, somebody who I guess you could in- include as one of his stalwarts at Pompey now. He's been around for, for quite some time, service for club for, for, for quite a while now. It doesn't seem that long ago where he signed um, on that deadline day under Daddy Cowley went out and got him and he got his man <laughs> Ipswich wanted him and we said no thank you we're having him so yeah 100 appearances for Joe Morrell and that's even with all of his suspensions as well he could probably add 110, 115 <laughs> by now he's he's a fantastic character yeah. um, I was fortunate enough to help Tom 4-0 uh, run all over it do his interview with yes. Joe Morrell um, and meeting the guy hearing his stories his passion for the club the local area he is a fantastic player that you any dressing room would be lucky to have at any level his performances of late question how championship teams and maybe even those kind of teams that struggle for a solid midfielder at the bottom end of the prem like a burnley a sheffield united you could see them looking at a player like him um but yeah he he's well aware that he's now pretty much the longest uh, longest serving player in the club yeah and, um, Marshall Raggett, of course. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he said uh, when we were interviewing that you know that was mad to him that he'd only been here two and a half years, three yeah. years, and he's one of the longest serving. But um, well aware of his experience, you know, he's probably one of the most capped international players in the squad, if not the that he brings all sorts of experience into the team that some of the younger players, more inexperienced ones like your Alex Robertson's coming into mm. the team, can learn from. And always has been a good player for Pompey, Joe Morrell, Kev, but particularly this season as Barney sort of touched upon there, play particularly well alongside Marlon Pack. They've got a nice little partnership. And yes, we've we've had a suspension from Joe Morrell this season already. Um, but you, you have noticed also in maybe the last three, four matches that there have been opportunities for, for Morrell to go into certain challenges, but he, he hasn't done them. We, we've had seen a different side to him where he's tempering that, that side of his game a little bit more while still retaining the fact that he is a fiery character. And that is what we all love about Joe Morrell. He, the one thing you can't doubt is that you, you'd always get 110% out of him. Absolutely, yeah. He's very tenacious, I think, is a, is a good mm. description of him, actually. And I think after that last sending off, he had a pretty good talking to, maybe. And um, I think he is thinking about those that next challenge, you know. And just that split second makes all the difference, you know. He could, yeah. Um, you know, cost him, us, uh, a win. But no, when he stays on the pitch and does what he does best, those little harrying moves and getting right in the face of his um, his oppo in midfield. It's, um, you know, it frees up the other players to um, play football. Will we see another 100 appearances for, for Joe Morrell? Will he reach 200, do you reckon, Barney? Particularly, of course, if Championship football is achieved this season, you might see Joe Morrell stick around for the long term. I, I could see him absolutely sticking around for another 100 or so. If we got into the Championship, he would be mm. a linchpin, him and Morrell, uh, him and Pack, sorry, mm. that you'd absolutely want to kind of base your team around. Obviously, there's a few other players like Colby you'd love to keep up there as well. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd be more than happy to see him play for another 100 games for Pompey. It'd just be nice to 
if they could come 100 back to back rather than <laughs> with a few suspensions every 20 games. Yeah. Um, back to the, the, the Stevenage game then, um, Kevin. You saw the latter stages of the match. We're going to come on to talk about the goals themselves and the red card incidents as well. And in the second part of the show, we'll go into detail about those. But just sort of overall, that last 10, 15 minutes, you could see that Stevenage were fighting literally, metaphorically, physically on the pitch to get their way back into the game. They looked a bit more energetic, Pompey, tiring a little bit, maybe a bit of fatigue creeping in. Do you think that the fact that Stevenage didn't have the game on the 29th of December, of course, that was postponed the match against Cambridge due to a power failure at Lamech. Do you think that maybe inspired them a little bit more and maybe benefited them at certain stages of that match on Monday, as opposed to Pompey, of course, went into it off the back of you know those three matches without a win and back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back games? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, of course, they had that floodlight failure, didn't they? Um, yes, probably. Um, and they... A big side, big strong side, and uh, he made those sort of important substitutions. I think, you know, to to try and get something from the game, old Evans. But um, fortunately, it didn't come off. But yeah, they were knocking on the door, weren't they? And um, it was certainly I fit towards the uh, the Milton end, so all the action pretty much was down <laughs> that end, first half and second half. So mm. it was, um, yeah, close up watch of a team desperately trying to get a point at least out of it, but um, fortunately, didn't. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, we've got an email here from Linda Mail, who's got in touch tonight, uh, saying it was good to get back to winning ways on Monday. It was a tough game, especially in the second half, but we managed to keep the lead and win the match. It was a terrible tackle on Sadie by Nathan Thompson. Not sure why Steve Evans was having a rant about the referee. I was pleased for Bishop scoring his goal. It is a shame some fans have been on his back recently. Plenty of other teams would love to have him within their side. And he was coming back from time off due to injury as well. Player Pompey, Linda on the emails there. And we're going to get into plenty of those talking points that Linda has mentioned in the second part of this evening's show. And when we do return, we're going to be hearing from Abu Kamara as well as Jay Sadler looking ahead to Sunday's trip to Bitteriki. We're moving forward, we're scoring goals, we're creating a lot of chances and, and we're looking good. So, yeah, there's a degree of optimism. However, we know Billericchi are at a difficult side. We know what they want to bring and um, we've got to be ready for them. The thoughts of Jay Sadler there as well as Abu Kamara for Norwich Lowe need to come. When the footblower returns in the second part of today, this evening's show, we'll wrap up our assessment of Monday's win and begin to look forward to the Blues' first away match of 2024 as well as a return to action for Pompey's women. For the fans, by the fans, the Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do, for those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5, bundles of five day riders for the price of four, and Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. For the fans, by the fans. The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Welcome back to the Football Hour here on Express FM, where you tonight join myself, Jake Smith, alongside Kev Stokes and Andrew Barnard on hand until 7 o'clock to go through Pompey's New Year's Day victory over Stevenage and later on preview tomorrow's trip 
to Cheltenham. We'll also be hearing from pre-match thoughts of both Abu Kamara and John Bassinio. But first, let's dive into some more interaction we've had come through from you guys tuning in from back home. An email from Dave Byrne saying, Good evening, Jake and co. Great finish from Colby Bishop against Stevenage and a very important goal in what was a very tight game. Colby has to play it, uh, play if fit, although I will add, I think he's more of a very good centre-forward rather than an out-and-out striker, which is something I feel we need to play with him. Teams often play a striker in the number 10 role, um, for example, Connor Chaplin at Ipswich, behind the centre-forward, and I think it would be a mistake not to bring a striker in this January. Pompey really have an opportunity throughout January and February to pile on the points. Uh, it's easy to say that uh, every single match is not just winnable, but very winnable, and we have to take advantage of that too. Going into March and April, things look very different, but we can do this, says Dave on the emails by finishing. By the way, definitely not a penalty. Connor Shocklessy's arm and hand remained static at his side, and the referee was quite right to interpret in that way that he did. Mr Evans uh, would have certainly complained if it had been given the other end. Marlon Pat was fortunate not to see red, and Nathan Thompson could have seen red even earlier had the referee been stricter with the challenge on Will Norris. Overall, Pompey deserve a three points, according to Dave, on the emails. And if you'd like to get involved this evening too, then of course you can. We want you to know, we want you to get involved and we want to know your thoughts on Monday's win, who was your man of the match and your score predictions too, as Pompey prepared to take on Charlton Town at the weekend. Get in touch. It's 81400 on the text. Start your messages with the word express. You can send an email to sport at expressfm.com. Include at expressfm over on X. Head to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Or the best way to reach us is through the ExpressFM app, free to download on iOS and Android devices. Back to Kev and Barney now, though, and really going through the, the key events from Monday's game against Stevenage at Fratton Park. And Pompey took the lead Barney through Paddy Lane on the 12th minute. Um, he had intercepted, actually, a sloppy ball out from the back from Stevenage. Bishop caught it, tried to lay it back to Lane, but Alex Robertson got him away. Ended up being a decent touch, feeding it to um, the Northern Ireland on the left-hand side, who hit a first-time strike low and hard into the far bottom corner past Tay Ashby-Hammond. Um, what did you think of that goal, the move, the finish, and, um, and just what it meant at that stage of the game too? I think it's uh, an example of Paddy's confidence at the moment. He's scoring and assisting more than he's done at any point of his career so mm. far. Um, to take that on first time just stick a toe out he's almost toe punted it I think it's maybe just come off the uh, sort of top of his foot but uh, sort of poked it towards the corner and yeah fantastic finish like I mentioned earlier great sort of press in from the front to to put them under pressure and and win the ball back and get us on the front foot for the rest of the game and uh, Kev what has been discussed or, or mentioned on the show already this evening is Abu Kamara three missed one-on-one -on -one opportunities um, with the goalkeeper I think one was saved and uh, the, other, the other two not on target from Abu Kamara but those opportunities maybe someone like Colby Bishop Cassini Yengi sticks into the back of the net but regardless we're going to hear from Abu Kamara in just a moment someone who has come on leaps and bounds this season and been one of those players that perhaps not many expected to be such a consistent member within that starting eleven. Since he's switched to the right, he's um, become a lot more effective. Um, I like him as a player, tricky. And, um, yeah, it's, just, it's pretty... It, that first one, he just couldn't get under control. I think he kept bouncing mm. up round by his knees and uh, didn't really have an opportunity to draw the keeper and you know stick it past him or go round him. Um, but, no, he played well. 
and I'm glad he was back in the team. Mm. On the 26th minute, uh, Stevenage got their equaliser, Barney. Um, it was Louis Thompson, the former Pompey midfielder, crossing from the right-hand side. Decent header, to be fair, from Louis Thompson um, into the back of the net behind Will Norris. Um, yes, a good finish and a well-worked move on the counter-attack, but in reflection and on the balance of the game, do you think that came out of nowhere or do you think that Stevenage actually deserved to equalise at that point? I, th- I think that they were they were still doing enough to be in the game, weren't they? Um, it, it's one of those headers that he's almost got no right to win it. Um, it's a little bit sloppy, I'd say, from us defensively. You'd expect uh, from that position in our in our own box in front of the front end that that Rags or Shognessi would would kind of you know expect to get to the ball first, not mm. let someone else win it. Um, but that's kind of what we've seen from both of the Thompson brothers, isn't it? Really, that's the kind of play we saw from them. Um, they they're always there. They're always going to fight and win. Um, so yeah, I, mean, I, th- I thought it was a, a good finish as soon as he's got in there. It's you know it's only going to go one way. Norris hasn't got time to react to it, so they'll they'll have been very very happy with that, and probably would have hoped to keep it at least for one one going into half time. Yeah, of course it was only seven minutes later. Kev Pompey uh, regained the lead in the match on the thirty third minute. Colby Bishop making it Pompey two, Stevenage one. That is of course how the game would end. It was a short throw taken by Marlon Pack just by the north sand to to Alex Robertson. He found Paddy Lane in the box who uh, drilled it low into Bishop who. You mentioned earlier, um, Kev cheeky flick into the near post came off the back of his heel past Tay Ashby Hammonds, and that is the sign of a striker on the top of his game, full of confidence, despite the fact that he get, went into that match off the back of three league matches without scoring a goal, which some would say, and, and we have seen criticism of Colby Bishop on social media, potentially unfairly over the last few weeks, um, would be uh, <laughs> not good enough. But Colby Bishop really putting the you know th- those haters to bed, I guess. Yes, he did, and I'm glad he got his goal. Um, and he scored a cheeky back heel like that after he went through a similar run last season, didn't he, against Bolton? Um, but he played... I don't think he, he was fit when he came back this last time. Um, and he he seems to like being marked, but I felt on Monday that he gave himself... found a bit more space. He didn't let the centre-half mark him quite so easily, so he found a bit more space, was able to you know, see a bit more of the game himself. And um, I thought he played really well, but um, he hasn't been doing. He hasn't been doing that. He likes to. I think someone said on here the other the other week. He likes to have a backpack mm. now and again. <laughs> and um, you know, I think I think he's better when he he loses that centre half yeah. and you know, finds himself a bit more space so he can turn and face the game. But um, no, I'm pleased he got his goal. wasn't that keen on his uh, celebration, but. Uh, um, you know, he's there scoring goals for us and that's what we want. Absolutely. Um, deep into the second half, Barney, uh, Nathan Thompson uh, with two challenges, the first of which was on uh, Will Norris jumping up for a header, clattering the Pompey goalkeeper and he ended up receiving treatment just in front of the away fans um, in front of the Milton end. And then in the 96th minute, shown a straight red. Despite the fact he was on a yellow, uh, the referee gave him a straight red and that was for what can only be described as a, a disgustingly high boot on Christian Sadie. That's not even, it's not 50-50. I don't think you can even dispute the fact that that's a red card. That was just awful. Mm. I, I don't believe that a midfielder of his quality doesn't know that Sadie's there. 
So it, it does just feel reckless. You look at uh, the replay, it almost looks like he's staring him down. Yeah, and he, knew, he knew. It, it, looks, he knew. It, it looks like something akin to what you'd see like a, a, a seven-foot wrestler do. You know, a big boot to the face. Um, appalling challenge. Mm. One that I'm sure, sadly, won't get much more than a two- or three-game ban because the the, uh, the FA decisions and refereeing at League One doesn't seem to be the best. But... Um, I, yeah, think, that, I think it's a four-game ban because he's already been suspended this season. Okay. Irrespective of that, you probably do feel that maybe it could, should oh, be five, I mean, that's the, one of those where you just think, ah, there's a, there's malicious intent there. It should yeah. be at least a four or five-game ban without the fact that he's yeah had that natural extension because of a second suspension this season. Um, we've seen it. We've seen both Thompsons, I'm sure, get red cards for us. We know it, they've got it in there. You kind of want that in your, in your midfielder, mm. but you want it to be to be bottled and, and released in the right way um, mm. not with that kind of unnecessary aggression mm. um, and also a bit of news from the FA as well to say that Stevenage assistant manager Paul Rayner has been banned from the touchline for one match and fined £500 following the League One fixture against Pompey at Fratton Park Mr Paul Rayner admitted that his language and or behaviour which led to his dismissal um, amounted to improper conduct and he accepted the standard penalty so a game uh, banned from the touchline from Stevenage's assistant Paul Rayner following his sending off at Fratton Park on Monday afternoon. Right, on to the next one then for the Blues and after the New Year's Day win over Stevenage at PO4, John Massinio's side prepare to embark upon their first away fixture of 2024 and it's Cheltenham Town who await on Saturday. Norwich Loney Abu Kamara has been looking ahead to the game and speaking to George Wedlake about his time on the South Coast so far. It's been good, like, top of the league in training everyone's positive you can't ask for much more really like playing most games so yeah I think it's gone really good and how's it been for you playing first season in League One is it as competitive as you thought I I always knew that this league was going to be very competitive and I knew it was going to be challenging like but that's why I came here to challenge myself and see if I could do it against the men and do you feel you have so far um, pretty, pretty much, yeah. I think I, ha- I have done pretty well considering it's my first season in the men's leagues. Yeah. Uh, so we've seen you switch from the left to the right so far. What would you say your preferred position is? Where do you feel you know you're at your best? I couldn't even tell you myself. Like I'm just happy anywhere in the attack. Really, like I feel like as long as I can get out my man, I'll be happy. Yeah. Is there a certain position you prefer playing in? Any of the front three of striker, 10 or right wing, I'd say I prefer. Obviously, some great individual performances from yourself lately. Do you tend to get much feedback from your parent club at all? Um, yeah, every after every game, there's uh, one of the loans managers that just checks in on me, even if it's not after a game. Like, he just checks in on me, sees how I'm doing and asks how the game's gone. And I just talk to him about that on the phone. As things stand, being a Portsmouth player for the rest of the season, is that a, a likely thing? Yeah, that's how I see it going, yeah. Next up, away to Cheltenham. What are your expectations for that game following the nil-nil earlier on in the season? I think Cheltenham are a good side. Obviously, I got subbed into the game, but when I came on, they were very well organised, so I expect them to be very well organised. But at the end of the day, we're looking to get a three points, so we're going to have to find a way to work around that. Uh, at this stage of the season, then just over the halfway mark. Tough festive period, done and dusted now. Still top of the league. Uh, what's it going to take to go all the way? I think just stepping on the gas even more, showing that we can do more and just keep grinding out results. Abu Kamara speaking to George Wedlake at a very wet Blues training ground yesterday afternoon. Uh, 
Andrew Barnard and Kev Stokes alongside us here on the Footballer until 7 o'clock. Uh, Barney, Abu Kamara on loan from Norwich this season. What have you made of, of his performances so far and his progression throughout the campaign? It's been fantastic, the, the progression in his performance and his output. Right at the beginning when he was playing, I think... You know, without being overly critical or negative about himself, Scully and White, it was kind of like, oh, who do we play? You know, Paddy was definitely the best of the sort of four wingers as such that we've got. Um, you, you didn't know who to put alongside him to, to make that that front three that Massinho seems to like playing. But he's really made it his own. Like even for tomorrow, I've predicted like an unchanged eleven. Um, it's it's becoming really clear that that Paddy and Kamara are fantastic together. Yeah. Um, the way Kamara and Rafty overlap with each other has often been really really good. Um, I think it was Northampton in particular was my, probably my favourite performance of his. A number of players really, really shone that night. Um, and he in particular was was, was definitely one. Mm. And uh, Barney mentions they're expecting an unchanged 11 for the trip to Cheltenham uh, tomorrow. We've had a couple of questions in asking if we've got any information on Alex Robertson. That is because there has been a rumour going around on social media today. And I must stress it is only a rumour. We've not heard anything concrete um, from, from anybody. But there is a rumour that Alex Robertson has been seen in a leg or a knee brace at the training ground uh, this week. Um, we can either confirm or deny we've not heard anything to the contrary um, hopefully that isn't the case and Alex Robertson is available for selection for tomorrow's trip to Cheltenham and of course throughout the remainder of the season as well but um, to answer any questions I'm sorry we don't know anything Alex Robertson um, we've not heard but he's injured but we've not heard but he's not so we'll have to wait and see our guests until two o'clock tomorrow afternoon at Wadden Road right it is not just a return to league action this weekend for Pompey's men but also the Portsmouth women as well they are going into to this one having not played a single match since the 10th of December that was an FA Cup defeat at home to Southampton and their previous league fixture was on the 3rd of December a 4-0 victory over the London Bees. This Sunday they travelled to Billericay Town who were 8th position in the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division table Pompey are in 2nd place 3 points behind hashtag at the top with 2 games in hand Pompey have won 9 and lost one of their 10 league matches so far this season. I've been catching up this week with head coach Jay Sadler, who I first asked about training and preparation over the Christmas New Year period, having not had a game in such a long time. It's been different. Um, it's been very staggered um, that the players have been ultra professional um, with the work that they have done away from football. And, and we came back in on, on New Year's Eve, um, had a real good session um, and then this week's just been about preparation, uh, realigning the focus, really. Um, girls have come back in, in in real good physical shape, um, bringing that same kind of level of intensity and focus. Um, and we've got one more session before um, our first game of the new year. Seven league wins on the bounce heading into this one. Irrespective of that break, is there an air of confidence amongst the squad at the moment? Is it seven, is it? Brilliant. Um no, that's that's a real good stat. That is seven seven league wins on the bounce. Um, yeah, you you can feel a sense of confidence, and now now you've mentioned that. Um, yeah, because we're playing some real good football, and we're finding different ways to win games of football in the league. We're um, not conceding many chances and giving up goals, which is obviously um, one vital element of ingredient. And then 
we're moving forward, we're, we're scoring goals, we're creating a lot of chances and, and we're looking good. So, yeah, there's a degree of optimism. However, we know Billericke are at a difficult side. We know what they want to bring and um, we've got to be ready for them. And last time out against Billericke earlier in the season, a 7-0 win away from home. What did you learn about them in that game and what do you anticipate from Billericke this time around? It's easy to look at a result and then make judgment having not been there. So 7-0, um, I don't think it flattered us. I think we were ruthless. We created the chances and rightfully won the game. But Billericke are a team that like to play transition. Um, they like to, they leave spaces, um, but they've got a lot of pace up top. Maddie Biggs, um, who, who likes to run in behind and she was unavailable in that game. So she'll try and threaten. And then they've got some experienced players, players we know, Leanne Bell, Amber um, Gayla, um, that want to get hold of the football and want to dominate central spaces, lure you in and then play over you. So we know it's going to be a game of concentration. We know it's going to be a game of patience. We need to look after the football, limit the turnovers. And then when we get in behind there, they're back three, back four, what they're going to be at the weekend. And we need to, to see the same level of conviction that, that we've seen so far this season. Pompey are the highest scoring side in the league by quite some margin and have the best defence too. How much of a team effort has this been from all of the staff so far and just how much work is there still to do before the end of the season? Oh, there's a lot of work. A lot of work needs to be done um, in all areas to continue this right now. Um, we know that. Um, however, that doesn't um, deter away from the, the good work that's already been laid. I feel like we've laid some real solid foundations. Um, a lot of people giving credit to the amount of goals we've scored. Um, 44 goals in the league is is, is a no mean feat and um, we're creating a lot of chances. But I think it's probably the first question I've had around our defensive record. Eight clean sheets in 10, conceding two. Um, and that's um, work throughout the whole squad um, from top to bottom, our pressing, high energy. Um, and then our defending in and around the box. But not only has that come from the players, as you mentioned, it's come from our, our staff, Kim, Dan. A lot of work goes into preparing games to ensure that we're we're fully ready for, for the game. And, and then obviously Lee as well with set play is something um, we're really proud to boast um, with our set play record this year and something we want to add on come Sunday. How are you looking in terms of injuries and suspensions this weekend? We're bringing players back in, which is good. Um, we obviously had Annie Rolf. Um, coming back in um, following her injury so many weeks ago at Oxford. Um, so she's been doing some work over over the the, the winter period and, and will be back in for selection. Um, we picked up a few little niggles and knocks um, for, in the first couple of sessions, nothing major. So we anticipate a, a fully fully strong side um, going into it. Um, all players obviously eager to, to be selected in this game. And now it's just the case of selecting the right players to, to execute a game plan and, and ultimately see us victorious. And with the transfer window now open, is this an opportunity to strengthen the side even more and ensure the best possible chance of you know getting over the line, securing promotion at the end of it? Yeah, and that's ultimately got to be our, our ambition now. It's nice that both the, the women's and the men's are in this uh, position, both going for promotion and, and both looking to arguably strengthen from a position of strength. Um, I'll speak on behalf of the women's team. Um, we've been obviously doing some, some um, discussions going on behind the scenes, not only with... Um, potential new recruits where we want to strengthen in certain areas. We feel we maybe need a little bit more cover and competition um, in certain areas. Um, but also looking at retaining the current group we've got. We've got a couple of players 
that uh, the contracts are ended um, come the end of the season. And we, we want to look to retain those because the current group we have um, have put ourselves in a fantastic position. The, the dynamic of the current group is brilliant. Um, the camaraderie, the togetherness is there, but we may need to go and strengthen in one or two areas um, just to add that extra competition, extra depth, as you said, to, to ultimately get us over the line um, come end of the season. And just finally, it's been Christmas time. Did you get any exciting presents over the festive period at all? Uh, I, I did actually. I got got some Paul Smith. Going to go watch him in, in Portsmouth. Um, fellow Scouse comedian. Um, so I'm really happy that my my wife got me um, tickets uh, next May. Um, and then you, the usuals. Um, the boys know don't know me well. So I got some some bovril and 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 some crisps and and. and Biscuits. I'm a big biscuit fan, as you probably know. Anyone massive biscuit fans? Yeah. Now when I'm going down to training, I, I like the odd biscuit. I won't lie. Um, but no, it was just nice to spend some time with family and friends. Um, family coming down from Liverpool and friends um, and, and family down down in Portsmouth now as well. Settled down here now, and um, but the grind never stops. Um, back to it with the football, and hopefully that the best Christmas present will be will be three points this Sunday. <laughs> Is Bob Rule a go-to at the football when you're not managing then? 100%, even when I'm managing. <laughs> uh, have to have a pre-game bovril. Pompey women's head coach Jay Sandler looking ahead to Sunday's trip to Bidaruki. Right, the three of us here will be right back after the break with even more Blues discussion as well as the thoughts of the men's gaffer ahead of tomorrow's trip to Cheltenham. I think we're going to face a very, very different Cheltenham side. They've got a different manager, different players. They've sent quite a few players back on loan and they're a different, completely different animal to what we saw earlier in the season and they've picked up their form and they play um, in a certain way that's very, very effective. More from John Bassinio, as well as the final thoughts of both Kev and Barney, when the Football Hour returns for its conclusion next. For the fans, by the fans, the Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. The world is your oyster. With many bus routes offering services late into the evening, from 7pm every day you can take advantage of a night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South. So whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, on a late shift or just enjoying late night bus rides, visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. For the fans, by the fans, the Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Yeah, welcome along for the final time this evening to the Football Hour. Jake Smith with you until 7 o'clock, which is when Steve Randall takes control of the desk with your weekly helping of school days here on Express. But first, the final thoughts and score predictions to come from Kevin Barney as we ramp up our look ahead to tomorrow's trip to Cheltenham for Pompey. We'll bring those two back in just a sec after we hear from Kirsty Roxanne, who has more on the Blues' weekend opponents. A victory by two goals to one over Stevenage on Monday ensured Pompey began 2024 with maximum points, whilst maintaining their status at the top of the League One table. Next up, their first away match of the new year. This week's opposition. Two points still separate Portsmouth in first and Bolton Wanderers in second after New Year's Day results. Wadden Road is the venue for the Blues' next fixture and it's struggling Cheltenham Town who are the hosts. Manager. There is a new man in the dugout since our last encounter with the Robins. Daryl Clark is at the helm. Clark began his career with Mansfield Town, where he spent the first six years of his career, where he made 173 league and cup appearances. Clark then transferred to Hartlepool United, where he also spent six years with the club, making a further 136 appearances. In his time at Hartlepool, he went on loan to Stockport County, Port Vale and Rochdale. Clark finished his career at Salisbury City before taking up the management position. 
He led the club to promotion into the Conference Premier from the Southern League with two playoff final victories in three seasons. He was appointed manager of Bristol Rovers. He successfully guided the club back into the Football League after winning the 2015 Conference Premier Playoff Final. He then took the club into League One with promotion out of League Two in 2015-16. Clark also managed Walsall and fellow League Two rivals Port Vale. He led the club's promotion with victory in the 2022 Playoff Final. Clark was also linked with the vacant management position at Portsmouth, but stated that I am really happy here at Port Vale. He was sacked following a poor run of two wins in 18 games. Clark signed with Cheltenham on a two-year deal at the end of September. One to watch. Robert Street is our one to watch on this occasion. Street began his career with Crystal Palace and spent time out on loan to Torquay United, Newport County and Shrewsbury Town. He joined Cheltenham in summer 2023 as a striker, but tends to play more as a mid-striker. Street, who wears a number 11 shirt, has scored two goals and made two assists. Top scorer. The current top goalscorer for the Robins is 21-year-old William Goodwin. Goodwin began his career with Chester at the age of nine, making his first team debut in 2020, age 17. He went out on loan to Stalebridge Celtic before he signed for Stoke City. Whilst at Stoke City, he was loaned out to Hartlepool United and Torquay United. Goodwin signed for League One side Cheltenham Town on a two-and-a-half-year deal in January 2023. The number nine has scored six league goals so far this campaign. Current form. The Robins currently sit 23rd in the table, with a two-point cushion ahead of bottom of the table, Fleetwood. However, Cheltenham are 33 points below the Blues. Cheltenham spent their first 11 league games without scoring a single goal. The first goal came from a 1-1 draw with Derby County in October. Since then, they have collectively scored 16 goals and won five games out of a total of 24 games played so far this campaign. Cheltenham are on a run of their best form, picking up two victories, one draw and two defeats in their last five games. In the reverse of this fixture at Fratton Park, the result ended in a nil-nil draw. Will it be back-to-back -back wins for the Blues, or will they struggle once more against the side at the bottom end of the division? All of the invisible action on Pompey Live. Kirsty Roxanne with a closer look at Cheltenham Town. Tomorrow's opponents for Pompey at Wadden Road. Uh, Kev Stokes and Barney alongside us this evening. Kev, Cheltenham Town aside, but John Macedo's side uh, held to a 0-0 draw at Fratton Park back in August. Uh, it, a lot has changed with Cheltenham since then. New manager in charge now. They're finally scoring goals. They've had a few wins over the last sort of month or so as well. This isn't going to be an easy test for Pompey, is it? No, it's not. Um, no, it's nil-nil draw, wasn't it? That mm. was going with about twenty odd minutes of um, yes. added time, wasn't it as well? Yeah. Um, yes, and we don't often um, do very well against these lower league teams, but um, I think that'll all change tomorrow. And aside as well, Barney, who have lost six out of their seven loanees in the last few days. However, I say lost. Daryl Clark seems to have sent them back to their parent club, so they've not been playing in recent weeks. As the new manager seems to, well, wants to try and get a bit, bit of a rebuild happening at Wadden Road. Fortunately for Pompey, these players have gone back. They've not signed anyone yet. It's very early in the transfer window. Do you think this is a good time that the Blues play them? Um, yeah, it could be. I think equally we've got our own sort of just slight shortages, haven't we? We've mm. lost, you know, Colby's back up in, in Yengi to the Asia Cup or uh, whatever that tournament's called. Apologies to that one. Yeah, Asia Cup. You've got it back on. <laughs> okay, right, there we go. Um, it, it, it may leave just their, that certain level of uncertainty amongst mm. their, their squad. Um, 
they're bound to be needing to bring in players so there'll be a few players there that are going to be wanting to fight for their position so you you never know you can get that 50-50 you'll get some players will play better for it some will be worse Midfielder Tom Pett has signed a new contract at Cheltenham Town as well. He was expected to be another player of the Blues. We'll need to keep an eye out on tomorrow afternoon at Wadden Road. Right, let's get the pre-match thoughts of the gaffer now. John Messina has been speaking to George Wedlake about tomorrow's clash against Cheltenham Town. But first, looking back on his team's busy, festive schedule. I thought we were OK. Uh, we didn't pick up as many points as we'd have liked to. I thought all four were winnable games and we've come away with, I think, five points from them. So, yeah, I think by our own standards that we set so far this season, we, we think we can perform better, we think we can get um, a few more results out of those games and I think, yeah, within within that there were probably yeah, a couple of disappointing halves of football that ultimately cost us and that's one of those things, I suppose it happens during the season the most important thing for us towards the back end of it is that we came out with a win at home at Fratton Park and, and we did that under some really difficult circumstances so really, really pleased that we managed to do it. There are a couple of games in there Fleetwood and Bristol Rovers we failed to pick up a win. Was there ever a moment where you were concerned that this was going to lead to something bigger, maybe a bit of a slump, or did you always have that faith that you'd be able to bounce back? Oh, we've always got the faith we're, we're able to bounce back because we've shown it multiple times this season, but the, the Fleetwood game, I, I, I wouldn't hide behind it. I was really disappointed with how we performed in the second half against Fleetwood. Less, less concerned about Bristol Rovers. I thought we deserved to win the game, and obviously didn't. And I thought, again, pretty um, open and honest about my thoughts after Exeter, where I, yeah, I just didn't really think we, we got going, especially in the first half, and you can't afford to, to waste a half of football. And so, yeah, that was, that was my honest assessment at that point. I was, I was always really confident we'd be able to come back and get the result against Stevenage and then kick on from then. But you, you, know, you, you never know. You've got to earn the right to, um, I suppose, put in a couple of um, subpar performances at some point. But the, the best sides at the, at the top end, um, and that's where you want to compete. They've got to be a lot more uh, consistent. And we have been for the most part of the season. I think it's the first patch of, um, of tricky games that we've really had. And, uh, yeah, it was a really tough test. And wrapping up that period, as you say, with the win against Stevenage, how important do you see that victory being going forward? The most important thing was to get three points and, and just to make sure that we try and stay ahead of the curve in terms of where we want to be points-wise. It was um, it was big to, to obviously see off um, you know, a potential um, promotion rival as well. In fact, the Stevens have been up there for pretty much the entirety of the season and have been a really, really competitive side. So that was really important. And just to make sure that we, we keep ahead of the, the chasing pack as much as possible and give ourselves a nice springboard going into January. Colby Bishop getting back on the score sheet. Lovely finish as well. Man of the match performance as well, according to social media. How's he been this week? He's been great. Colby's never too high, never too low. And he's been pretty much as, as he always is this week. Uh, I think he's, he's never happy with... You know, if he scored a hat-trick, he still wouldn't be happy because he wants to score more goals, and that's the brilliant thing about Colby. So I think it was really nice to, to have that sort of total performance put together. Not only was he... Um, obviously clinical in front of goal with the finish I thought he was excellent in terms of linking play leading the line leading the press everything that we know Colby does really well so really really pleased for Colby coming back from, from injury and playing the amount of games he's, he's been asked to play hasn't been easy and the back end of it to, to perform as well as he did was, was excellent Joe Morrell reaching 100 appearances as well this week how important is he to Portsmouth and what does he bring to the club yeah I think in terms of my opinions on Joe the only game that he's missed in terms of not starting when he's been available was the with the Exeter's game away last week and, and that was just for, um, for, for fresh legs to, to try and make sure that he was available for at least three of those four games over the Christmas period and when we didn't burn him out, particularly seeing as Joe hasn't um, had that rest that some of the other lads have had with the international breaks. So, yeah, Joe's been, Joe's been brilliant, I think, since the day I walked through the door. He obviously scored that goal against Exeter. In terms of what he brings to the side, he's an excellent footballer. He brings a lot of control in the middle of the park, doesn't give the ball away very often. In my opinion, a really good leader, hence when Marlon was injured, Joe was the one that took up the armband at that 
definite potential and, and capability to, to kick on in his career. And to be honest, uh, we've probably always been pretty um, open about the fact that the only thing that's probably ever going to hold Joe back is uh, the fact that he gets sent off a bit too much. And if we can curb that, then we know we've got a really, really excellent player in the building. Uh, we're a few days into the transfer window now. What's it been like so far? Any signings imminent? No, nothing imminent. We've, we've been working hard behind the scenes. Not a lot is available at the moment in terms of uh, players that even we've been we've earmarked for the last few months and you've probably seen that in the press the biggest amount of transfer activity has been loans being recalled by various clubs and I think everybody just freshening up the, the decks ready to, to go again so yeah we're in a really good position we're, we're making sure that we're on top of everything and, and making sure that we don't miss out on anything um, but yeah nothing is, is really happening at the moment and we are making sure that we are on top of it and, and you know if we if and when we need to we're gonna um, yeah be ready to go. In terms of outgoings, a couple of players that always seem to come up when we talk about this, Denver Hume, Josh Martin, where are we on that from? Yeah, Denver, we've, we've, um, we're trying to make something happen that's going to be mutually beneficial for both parties and I think there's going to be plenty of interest in Denver now squads are sorted out for January so we'll, yeah, we'll keep updated on that but um, nothing, nothing imminent on that Josh Martin's got a contract I think until next week so we're going to see what happens to the game this weekend see where I was a squad and then make a decision on that going forward uh, An injury update then any fresh things to report off the back of Monday Christian Sadie for example Christian's fine. Christian trained on Tuesday. I think he, he had the, um, the cut. It was quite a nasty cut just below the eye, but um, he had that uh, glued up and he's actually looking okay, to be honest. So Christian, he's a tough, tough kid. We knew that he'd get through that. I think it was just the shock of how bad the initial challenge was, but he's, uh, he's through that absolutely fine. He trained today. Tom Lowry's back in full training today. Conor Ogilvie isn't too far away, probably about 10 days from joining in with the lads and everyone else has come through the game on Monday with a clean bill of health. Looking ahead to the Cheltenham game at the weekend, a nil-nil draw earlier on in the season two different sides face each other now what are your expectations for that one I think we're going to face a, a very very different Cheltenham side like you say they've got a different manager different players they've sent quite a few players back on loan and they're a different completely different animal to what we saw earlier in the season and they've picked up their form no longer on the bottom of the league really really tough I think to not to crack at home and they play um, in a certain way that's very very effective and, and Daryl's had a lot of success through the years at uh, this level in, in getting teams organised and, and getting them playing really um, solid football so yeah we expect a really really tough test from them. There you go then the pre-match thoughts of John Massinio ahead of tomorrow's trip to Cheltenham and as McGuffer has mentioned there no uh, imminent news on the January transfer window front no sardings expected before tomorrow's game so that's not really why we've not really spoken much about it today. We've already spoke uh, in previous shows about George Edmondson the links of the defender from Ipswich nothing concrete about that. As things stand this week there has been a rumour about striker Jake Young from Bradford City he has actually been recalled from his loan at Swindon but nothing else has happened on that front either so we'll talk a bit more about transfers on Monday's edition of the Football Hour. Hopefully we'll have a bit more to talk about then as well. Right then on to the score predictions now and on the emails Paul has got in touch to say his prediction is a 2-0 Pompey win. Harry on X going for a 3-0 win and Rachel also on X predicts this to be a 2-1 victory for the Blues but what do our guests think tonight? Kev your prediction please my friend. Um, okay well in homage to my fellow guest and the uh... YouTube page that he's involved with with Tom and Andrew. I'm going to go 4-0. 4-0. Kev, thank you very much. Uh, Buddy, your score prediction, please. Um, not going to go quite as uh, positive as 4-0, but I am thinking <laughs> I'm thinking 2-0. I think we just need to get back to that those sort of performances like we did at Northampton and Burton. All right, then. I'm going to place my prediction on record as a 2-0 Pompey with a goal in each half, I think, from Colby Bishop. 
So that's all we've got time for here on the Football Hour, unfortunately. But you don't have to wait too long for your next football fix here on Express FM. Here we go. Pompey live. It was a happy new year indeed for Pompey at Fratton Park. Holby Bishop has back held the ball in. He's back on the score sheet. It's caught for two, Stephen is one. Next up for the Blues, the first away match for 2024. Wadden Road, the venue, as Cheltenham play the role of the host. Join us for all of the unmissable action this Saturday from 2. Every kick, every goal, every game is right here on Express FM. Pompey Live. With Aquacars. Well, there we go then. Pompey Live back tomorrow afternoon from 2 o'clock. You can join myself, Robbie James and James Wilson for the trip to Cheltenham Town to see if Pompey can back up Monday's victory over Stevenage with another on the road. Can they maintain their position at the top of League One? But a big thank you to everyone who tuned in to this evening's edition of the Football Hour. Big cheers to Stagecoach Cross for South for continuing to support the show. And a big thank you to our two studio guests, Kev Stokes first and foremost. Thank you very much for coming on to the show. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Jake. And I'm back on Monday night, 9 o'clock. That's show. You will be indeed, and I'll be plugging that again on Monday. Kev, thank you very much. Barney as well, thank you very much for coming into the studio. Have a fab weekend. We uh, can celebrate three points on Monday. Three points and a 4-0 victory, of course, hopefully. And then we'll get Tom Chappell on Monday's <laughs> edition of the show as well. <laughs> Steve Randall is up with school days right after the news at 7. But until next time, Pompey fans, thank you for tuning in.